0: So, obviously, we're recording now, and Adam Adam didn't know I was about to hit the button on our, let everybody eavesdrop on our weekly glimpse, or we should call this the weekly eavesdrop of the Jerry Metcalf Partners Atlanta Market Chat. So, anyway, we were talking a little bit, we've been talking a lot about how COVID has affected the market. There have been negative things, but obviously, the market is still rocking. Prices have been going up. Drastically, since we need to look at the percentages, but I mean prices are going up. We're back to where we were. We're ahead of where we were at the beginning of the year, and we're where we were this time last year to last year. But the trajectory is going to put us ahead as the year progresses. We appear to be making up for that. I think people still have a lot of have a lot of questions about that. Some things about what's changing right now. Um, we talked about things about there's a lot of cash, how are mortgages being affected and how are we again, going back to the multiple offer situation deals. That's kind of what we're gonna talk about today, everybody. But before we say that, do you guys wanna share any examples or any stories um, of what you're dealing with the market, things you see changing?
1: Mr. Vickers. Crickets, crickets. (laughs) I'm I'm usually wait, waiting for Chad to chime in. That's his uh, that's his thing. Uh, I'm just over here looking at myself with with these great in, light He's in my Jamie studio. We,
0: we switched spots today, and he's loving the light. I am not everybody. I've been trying to move the lamps around the office for half an hour. Um, anyway, Chad, do you have anything to say?
2: Well, in regards to just kind of what I've personally seen in the market, um, you know, I know I've, I think there's been a lot of investment, um, particularly out of state investment activity, you know, people kind of flocking to Atlanta because it has been extremely resilient during COVID. Um, So, right now, I mean, I know I have an investor in LA, I have one in New York who just, you know, are very interested kind of in that metro Atlanta market. Um, all that to say, the reason why I mentioned that is because we were actually looking at a property that's been on the market for, a, I mean, a substantial amount of time, uh, about a year. Um, and it definitely needed some things It would have been a great investment property. Um, and actually, the day that we went to go look at it that evening, after being on the market for a year, it went under contract. And apparently, you know, it was- Before you guys
0: contract. could even get an offer.
2: Before we could even get an offer. Yeah. And we wouldn't, you know, to be frank, we wouldn't have even gotten the- Contract because the offer that came was solid. Um, So, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, I guess stuff that's been on the market for a long time is starting to go under because people are making changes and adjusting price accordingly.
0: And Asia just walked by and is waving. He doesn't understand. We're recording the eavesdrop market chat. Okay, so that's why I was, but anyway, no. So, here's a question I think everybody's asking because uh, to your point, Chad, a lot of houses have been on the market is picking up days of market is still going down prices are going up supply is going up but the market is making up for any supply that's the rate of sales and is making up for that um what is what do you think it is that when a house is sitting on the market and i know adam you've had some similar experiences is these houses that have been on the market a long time and all of a sudden they sell why is that happening to those houses and not to others and
1: are you asking me or Chad? Either uh, one
0: of you. Chad's trying to let you speak today. Got him. Um, it.
1: um,
0: unusual day. <laughs>
1: it is unusual. You should interrupt me. But yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of similar things, and specifically three times just this past week, I've seen that with um, some clients of mine going out looking at houses that've been sitting for a while and going under contract. Um, a lot of it's been priced where they've, they've, they've they they've they've either reduced the price of it or they've changed something inside of the house, whether it's Update a bathroom or change cabinet colors in the kitchen. Those things that will will change dramatically for a buyer coming in looking at it. That's that's causing it to go under contract when it's been sitting um, prior to that. So, I think that's what we're seeing. It's unique. There. Exactly.
0: Um, when it, it's it's making a big difference. It's funny. HGTV. I if you if I could have predicted it, and I thought, oh great, everybody's going to want to buy a fixer upper and fix it up. But what I find really happening, and I know HGTV is not new, but it's still affecting everybody's perception is they see how nice things can be and then they want it to just be ready for them. They don't want, there was a period of time where buyers were trying to do it themselves. And I think the word's out, that's, you can do that if you want an extra job or but they've become more savvy in what updated it is and that that's what they want when they don't want to go and do the work and take the time to do it. And obviously seeing the difference in value at the end of the day for doing that. Do you have any more explanation for that? Either one of you or? Chad, you're the. I'm going to go ahead and call it out, even though I think this isn't your favorite thing to be called out on. That you're a Gen Zer, right. not even a millennial. <laughs> um, what is your take on on? We'll do quickly on that why that is, and I'd love to go back into the momentum of the market, and reasons why it might go down and why it might continue to go up. But if you've got any
2: about the final stays on that aspect, part,
0: and we'll have the millennial slash close to you're close man. to my generation, Adam. Yeah, go ahead. Um,
2: First yeah. So, in terms of the turnkey aspect, I think a lot of it, it, you know, it was the HGTV days a couple, you know, a couple years ago and Chip and Joanna and everything. And then people actually started to go and buy those true fixer uppers, not realizing all the things that could go wrong, you know, the amount of money. What is it? Double your timeline, double your budget. Um, so, I think that, especially just kind of with the stricter lending limits now with COVID, um, mm-hmm. you know, so hard money and, you know, fix and flip loans aren't going to be as easy to get, you know, especially when they had the no doc loans and it was starting to get back to pretty, I mean, super easy to get money. Um, so I think now just kind of having everything wrapped together and turnkey, people are realizing that with COVID, they might be stuck in their house for longer than they, you know, had it expected or anticipated. So yeah, they might want, you know, a pool.
0: Well, it may not more. be as easy to May not be as easy to get contractors as expected.
2: Exactly. Well, and the price of labor has gone up too. Um, so I think, you know, all those factors mixed together definitely contribute towards um, buyers wanting totally turnkey.
0: So, true or false, the newer buyers today, well, I'm going to make a statement first. The majority of buyers today are now first time home buyers are buying later. And the majority of the money out there today is actually coming from what we're not discussing much at the moment, but um, baby boomers, the families retiring. You guys can speak to this on the on the early end, the first time home buyers who are buying later, their preferences appear to be amenities, not square footage. And it 100%. turns out the same thing as of the baby boomers. And there's not a lot of that being built, but I think finally after what we've been through people are becoming less afraid of change we're going to actually see what the inventory is changing to and finally meet the demand any comments on
1: that i think i mean i think you nailed it right there with the amenities not as much the square footage outdoor space is huge um that's just kind of where accessibility everyone's just really looking for that and yeah i mean that's that's exactly where no one's it's not as many people going outside the city trying to get these huge houses anymore it's it's really just being close to um friends and where where they live work and play
0: but it's funny because there's that market and when you said that it just made me remember in the second home markets we do have a lot of people i think a lot of people are just moving right now because everybody's realizing what they really want for once right and they're making a change because they all um aspen I know Vail, especially, is a really hot market. 30A Destin is a hot market because people are going, wait, maybe I just want a whole different life now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, work so from just, home, people are um, able to work from their second homes now.
0: Or people realizing they can work from home when they didn't realize how much they could get from home. Yep. We may have to bring Greg on, my husband, next week to talk about the, office, the, the business world and how that's affecting people's leases and what their plans are. But back to this, another thing. So there's a lot of thought. Everybody, Chad's watching the time because he has somewhere to be in about eight minutes. So we're going to wrap this up in eight minutes. I can see his eyes darting, darting to the time on on the computer. I'm doing the same thing, Chad. But so about eight minutes on this. We've got a lot of talk about the market's great. It's high. We're seeing multiple offers more than what we're used to in this market in Atlanta. On the flip side of that, we've been through COVID. That was rough. Why is this so good? And yeah, maybe it's good now because people are getting different funding, but in the, then again you go, okay, but what about the future? In the future, are we still going to make, are we are people still going to have that income and in, in, you know, what's going on and what are reasons why we might do better and we might not do better. Um, we were talking before we started recording about income and lenders and how they're crediting income and rental income. Do y'all want to speak to that a little bit and what, what the changes have been from before, during, and as we, ho- or we think we're approaching after?
1: Chad, go for it. You just had this, you just went through this.
0: Y'all uh, know the answer. I'm just- Oh, about opinion, um, Scott, how you see the, yeah.
1: 50% of the rental income
2: is qualifying income?
0: It is now. Before it, none of it was in qualifying income, and there were no jumbo loans.
2: And I wonder if that part into just kind of you know you, we saw with unemployment and those been, the pandemic uh, unemployment uh, whatever the PUA, um, the independent contractors are covered too. So Uber drivers, you know, the gig workers, and I but think- That's going to run out. It is going to run out, but I think what it will do is it's going to fuel kind of this alternative lending towards, you know, the self-employed and that's going to become a, a larger segment of it as well. And um, I think owner financing is going to become more popular um, and things of well, that nature.
0: You just gave a lot of listeners a heart skip to the there because <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people are opposed to that. that that's interesting. Um, well, we've even done some creative owner financing slash lease purchases, um, a couple of them recently. Again, we've done a lot of we've had a lot of cash buyers um, buying listings. So originally, first of all, the jumbo loans stopped, and then Wells Fargo was doing jumbo loans, but they were not doing them through third parties that were using Wells Fargo to do them before, only directly, which bombarded them, made things get postponed, made loans more difficult to close than they should be, even though the rates were great. And there were people applying for loans who thought. I've got plenty of income because they had so much rental income and that wasn't being included. Now we're up to 50% of the rental income is considered part of your income to qualify for a loan. Um, so that's really keeping, it's interesting how despite that the market's still been going and now rental income is being included again. And so that's also keeping our market going. Any, um, any other thing I've got a lot of thoughts on this, and it's my question, but do you guys want to add anything to that before I add one final thought, and then we'll go into another thought on another touch on multiple offer situations
1: no i'm I'm all set on that i'm I'm more interested about the multiple offer situation
0: I love it so I will say what do you, in Chad being the entrepreneur into chad's point earlier about um owner financing and different things like that. I also think that in a market like this, there's a fear of loss and there's been a lot of loss, but every time there's loss or problems, it's opportunities and it opens the door for business opportunities. What new businesses are starting now because of this, which is also generating income for people and cash and situations where they're also going to continue or seem to be, at least so far, continuing to buy houses and the market's doing really well. Let's go into, and I know we've all been dealing with some multiple offer situations. Adam, you and I have dealt with them together recently. Um, On the multiple offer situations, give us a little bit about what we're seeing and what are some of the new terms people are using to secure a deal. Yeah, I'll
1: jump in here. Um, I know that we touched a little bit about it last week on just how people are doing slightly different things on whether it's appraisals or going above asking price or the appraisal contingencies, how they're gonna handle that um, as far as offering more than that, whatever the appraisal comes in at. Also, as what's been common in multiple other markets, not in Atlanta is now starting to become common is the option money, which is essentially a non-refundable down payment. Um, And that really kind of sets you above others in a multiple offer on how serious you are because you're putting skin in the game immediately with with your offer. Um, Sorry, go ahead. So that's something that we're starting to see. Yeah, And some some
0: people would say, yeah, why would you do that? Because you've got earnest money up anyway, but earnest money, especially in the state of Georgia with a due diligence clause, you can terminate for any reason. So with the earnest money, you've got a free option. So this is a way of saying, okay, if you give me the contract, I'm gonna give you X amount of dollars And if I terminate for any reason, not I get the earnest money back, but if I terminate for any reason, this amount of money, Mr. Seller, you keep because I want you to know that I'm not just bidding up because there are other offers and I'm not just wanting to win, get this offer, and then back out when I decide I don't like it or I saw something better. But I'm going to stay because again, we talked to this a little bit last week. Sometimes sellers, it's not even about the, it's about which buyer is going to stick not just office. the highest price, because people start shooting that price up, and that's just a recipe again for buyer's remorse. Yep. So exciting market, everybody. Chad is watching that clock. I love watching those eyes dart over because he is so serious about being on time. And he, Chad, you have about two minutes left, so I'm going to just remind everybody. He's admiring his glowing skin too. I'm there to I want to be back. <laughs> everybody thought I had great skin, and then they saw me here our lovely office today prices prices are up this year last year in june they were 267 and that was the peak last year prices are still going up in july this year at 279 everybody this average sales price of all of metro atlanta we're going to cover all of metro atlanta to give you a bigger picture of what's going on here days on market is down to 20 it was down in april to 14 believe it or not. We're still down at 20 and normally we're at, you know, maybe we'll be at 20, 20 is usually the lowest up to 30 days on market. And that is all price points all across Metro Atlanta. Sales have gone up, They're, they continue to shoot up. We're at eight, this month in June of 2020, we were at 8,768 sales in all of Metro Atlanta. And supply is actually, everybody misquoted, supply was going up because we've had so many sales right now supply is going down um so that's the scoop on the market that's the chat thank you everybody for listening we miss bridget she's rocking it i think she's gonna be back with us next week um but thanks everybody for listening good to see everybody thanks jerry bye thanks adam thanks chad thank you for listening to the JM partners atlanta market eavesdrop if you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with your friends who might be moving or who just want to keep up with the latest on the Atlanta residential market. You can find us anytime online at jnpartners.io. That's jmpartners.io.